It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Galatians chapter 3 this evening. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3. Let me get over there. I want to look at several scriptures. I, I won't keep you long, but I'll teach you good. Amen. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. I like this. this is one of my another one of my favorite redemption scriptures. It says, Christ hath. Now notice that's past tense. That means it's already done. Aren't you glad? It says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That, everybody say that, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Let me read it in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. It says, Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse or the doom of the law and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us, for it is written in the Scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree or is crucified, to the end that through their receiving Christ Jesus, the blessings promised to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles so that we through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just say this to you. If you're born again tonight, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then the Holy Ghost abides on the inside of you. Now, some of you have taken a further step than that in receiving the Spirit in what we call baptismal measure are being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, that literally is called the first fruits or the down payment of that which God has purchased for us in Christ. It is literally the reality of everything everything else he's, he's gotten for us, which is laid up in the realm of the Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 that he has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You say, well, what is healing? It's a spiritual blessing. What is prosperity? It's a spiritual blessing. What is righteousness? It is a spiritual blessing. What is joy? It is a spiritual blessing. It belongs to us, but we're stuck down here in a cursed world. Now notice what it says. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse. Now let me say that again. Christ hath redeemed us. Now notice what it says, though. From the curse of the law. Never say the law. Now, the law, or that which was given in the Old Covenant, was not given to reveal God. Can I say that again? The law that was given to Moses, I think there was 238, which we call Levitical laws, was not given to reveal God unto the nation of Israel. It was actually given to reveal the sin nature of man. Now, the curse came in through the fall. I'm telling you, when Adam was created, when Eve came along, when the woman came along, God created them in perfection. Let me say that again. He created them in a state of perfection. In that state of perfection, they had everything they needed. In that state of perfection, there was no sickness. 
There was no disease. There was no infirmity. There was no poverty or lack. There was no war. There was no hate. There was no prejudice. There was none of the negative things that we see in the world today. It was not here. God did not create it like that, and God did not create them to die. Amen? You know, we just accept death as being natural. I mean, we got graveyards all over the place. Just We just accept death. But did you know death is not natural to humanity? God did not create humanity to die. Death came about through the curse. I said death came about through the curse. And the more the law was revealed unto Israel, the more they understood their condition in or under that curse. But thank God God gave them a covenant over a bleeding sacrifice through a priesthood and in obedience to that law, they walked apart from the curse. But immediately when they stepped away from that, what happened? The curse came right back on them. The curse came right back on them. So they had to adhere to a law. They had to adhere to a, to a, a protocol, a custom, a tradition. And as long as they did that, as long as they were obedient, they were blessed. But I want you to know as soon as they got away from it, the enemy just came in and began to destroy them. Now, the problem that they had in that day is they only had national access. You say, what do you mean national access? Their access to God was through a priesthood via a bleeding sacrifice, and the Spirit of God would only come on temporarily and rest on three types of people. The prophet, the priest, and the king. Us ordinary Joes? No. Amen? I mean, we didn't have it. It wasn't for us. It was for the prophet. And now, notice this. It did not come to abide. It came to visit. Spirit of God would come on Elijah. Spirit of God would come on Isaiah. The Spirit of God would come on Elisha. The Spirit of God would come on Moses. But then it would leave it depart. And they were just natural men. But the problem was they were spiritually dead men. The Bible says of them that they all died in faith having not yet received the promise. Well, it wasn't the promise of healing. There were people healed under the old covenant. Amen. God healed Sarah and Abraham. They bore Isaac. Uh, there wasn't the promise of prosperity. My goodness, uh, Solomon was one of the richest men that ever lived. The Bible says the silver, cones, stone, uh, silver corns wears the stones of the street during his reign. Pretty rich, amen. So what was it that they died not having received? The promise that we have today. You say, what was that? Being brought, being, being, being set free from the curse of that law that revealed the sin nature of mankind. Now, when you understand that, you have to begin to understand what are some of the indications of the curse? Because God doesn't want you living under a curse. You say, why not? Because he did too much to redeem you. Amen. Now, let me just say this. I'll just take this little rabbit trail for a minute because I just heard it in my spirit, so I'll do it. Don't, don't let anybody freak you out by somebody saying, somebody put a curse on you or something like that. I've heard people say that before. There was a, a, a particular minister that I knew, a, a friend of mine, that went into a, a city and he was holding a meeting there. And, and this particular uh, a prophet, quote, didn't like it. So uh, he, he sent a message to this preacher and said, I'm going to put a curse on you. And that preacher just started laughing. He said, I just started laughing. I thought to myself, what a fool. First of all, he's supposed to be my brother in Christ. Here I am preaching the gospel, getting people saved, set free, and delivered. Secondly, what makes you think you can curse what God has blessed? 
He just laughed it off. Nothing happened to him. Amen. So if you got some indication or some letter or, or some, you know, somebody tried to wave a feather over you or do some stupid thing like that, try to put a curse, you just laugh it off. Say, well, somebody went to Madam so-and-so and, and, you know, got a bag of frog hair and brought it to my house and lit it on fire. That don't make any difference. You're not under the curse. You may laugh, but there's people that really get intimidated by that kind of stuff. Amen. But Christ, everybody say Christ. He hath redeemed us from the curse. Everybody say, from the curse. Say, I'm redeemed from the curse. Say, I'm redeemed from the curse. Say, I'm redeemed from the curse. So if the curse is operating in your life, according to Proverbs 26, you don't have to go there, but Proverbs 26 says, the curse causeless shall not come. So if you're struggling financially, if you're struggling trying to get healing to manifest, if there are real struggles in your life, you need to go find out what the cause is. There was a, a, a lady doctor way back in the first of the, of the 20th century. Uh, Lillian B. Yeomans was her name. wrote a book called Healing from Heaven. And when she was a medical doctor, she was uh, consigned by the United States government to go up into the hills of West Virginia because a typhoid epidemic had broken out. And this particular, I think it was a, a tri-city area, had just had almost 100% of its population infected with typhoid. And so they, they, she went with a team of other doctors, and they went. Well, the first place they looked was in the water, because many times that's where that originates, is in the water. And they did a sample of the water, and it was teeming with typhoid germs. And that's where they were getting it from, so they knew the water was bad. So they got a contingent of men from these uh, three cities, and they sent them up because those three little towns got their water from a big cistern that was up in the mountains that was kind of configured to where when the snow melted and the spring rains felt, it filled the filled cistern up. And that's where they got their water. Well, they went up there and they had to do some, you know, some, some construction to get the top of it off. And there were different places where the water could come in. There was a, they said there was a slide chute. And, and what had happened is a pig and eight piglets had gotten on that slide chute and slid right into that cistern and died and contaminated that water. Well, they found the cause. So they got in there and they cleaned that thing out and cleaned it all up, and then the typhoid epidemic left. But in every life where there's situations, especially if they're repetitive, now there's always, the enemy's always trying to attack you. But listen, you should be able to overcome the enemy because you have authority in Christ. But if there are repetitive things that go on in your life, you, need, you may need to take a journey. You say, what kind of journey is that? You might try to go figure out why that curse is there. Because if you're redeemed from the curse and the curse is operating, then you should find out why is it operating. I've had it happen in my life where I've had to go do inventory. I had to check up on my own life. I had to forgive someone or walk in love towards someone or go back and obey something God had told me to do. And it got the curse off of my life. Now, now go, to, go to Deuteronomy 28 real quick. Let's look at this. And then we'll run over to Hebrews. If I've got enough time, if not, we'll pick it up next week. Now, Deuteronomy 28 is commonly accepted as the provision known as the blessing of Abraham. And so I adhere to that too. I believe also that that's what it is here in Deuteronomy 28. Now, there are prerequisites to walking in this blessing. Now look at verse 1. It says, And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now notice that again. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now notice this. 
the number one thing that gets the curse out of your life is to listen to God. Let me say that again. You must listen to God. Everybody say this. Say the Bible. It's God speaking to me. Say it again. Say the Bible. It's God speaking to me. Now point at your neighbor and say the Bible is God speaking to you. Say it again. Say the Bible is God speaking to you. Now you've got to, you've got to solidify that in your heart. That every time you read the Bible, every time you meditate on the Bible, Every time you have the Bible taught, preached, or proclaimed to you, that is God speaking to me. Amen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, my neighbor, that's up to him. My other neighbor, that's up to him. But as far as I'm concerned, God's speaking to me. Amen. Somebody would ask me, where are you going to? I'm going to go hear God. He's going to talk to me tonight. Amen. Amen. Now, a lot of people think, well, if you think, if God talks to you, you're crazy. No, you're crazy if he doesn't. Because the beginning of the blessing begins with you being willing to listen to God talk to you. It shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently. Not just passively listen, but hearken diligently. Uh, no, people get, sometimes you can kind of tell, they start getting, well, you know, it's always the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Got to listen to the word. Why, why don't you can never receive with that kind of attitude? I'm not like that. I'm like, thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Word. Every day I'm listening to the Word. Every day I'm reading the Word. Every day I'm meditating on the Word. Every day I'm writing something down about the Word. Every day. You say, it's the Word, it's the Word, it's the Word, it's the Word. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So every time you, every time you embrace the Word, you're partaking of life. What's it say over there in Proverbs chapter 4? My son or daughter, attend to my word. Incline thine ear into my say. Let it not depart from thy eyes. Keep it in the midst of thy heart. Why? For it's life, life, life for those that find it, and health for all their flesh. Did you know every time you read the Bible, you're taking God's medicine? I said every time you read the Bible, you're taking God's medicine. So diligently. Everybody say diligently. Diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord God, uh, uh, thy God, to observe and to do. Mm-mm-mm. Now, now we could just sta- stop right there and have about three days of, you know, of a conference on how to observe and do. But I'm telling you, obedience to the Word of God. Now, let me tell you, with the greatest hindrance to the obedience to the Word of God in all of our lives. You know what it is? We just don't want to do what people tell us to do. <laughs> Y'all remember the story I told about a month ago about the guy that took $100,000, went down, found a homeless person, gave that homeless person $100,000. The guy bought a little truck, got a little apartment, bought him some groceries, went through that $100,000 in about a six-month period. He kept reminding the guy, why don't you get a job? Get a job. I'm going to get a job. I'm not going to go back on the street. Six months after that, he's back on the street. He goes down and asks him. He says, you know, why didn't you get a job? How would you end up back on the street? And that's what his comment, I just can't take anybody telling me what to do. Now, that's part of the curse. That's part of the Adamic nature. That does not come from God. That is not the way you are created. If you study the book of Proverbs, one of the greatest signs that you are a person of wisdom is that you're able to be corrected by the Word. Amen. I've told people for years, I never teach and preach trying to tell people what to do. I'm telling them what I do. 
You say, what do you mean by that? I'm telling you what I do, what I'm doing, and I'm trying to show you how it works for me. You've got to make a decision of whether you're going to be obedient to the Word of God or you're not. You can't vacillate. You can't be double-minded. You can't be in one day and out the next, up one day and down the next. You've got to come to a place in your life where you make a decision, I'm going to be a doer of the Word. That doesn't mean all the opposition stops. That doesn't mean all your fights are over. But what it does mean is you have found a path of victory in which you will never be denied the provision of God in your life because you've made a decision to be redeemed from the curse. And part of the curse is disobedience to the Word. What's it say in Isaiah? Isaiah, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the fat, or one translation is the good of the land, to observe and to do all His commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God, We'll set thee on high above all nations. Well, we'll say it like this, above all people. And all, now I like this, I like this terminology. And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if, now every time you see an if in the Bible, you ought to put a circle around it and write over the top of it a decision. Every if in the Bible means you have to make, make a decision. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now notice this. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, that's your children, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and thy flocks, and of thy sheep. You can keep your dog healed with that scripture right there. Can I get a better amen than that? You can keep your parrot healed with that, because i got a parrot. Amen. You can, you can keep whatever it is, your little pets. You keep right there. You say, why? Because you're redeemed from the curse. Mm-mm-mm. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in. Blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee. Now, who are the enemies that rise up against you? Sickness. Poverty. Depression. Come on, church. These are enemies of God's people that rise up against them. Now, God says this. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and shall flee seven ways. That get me excited right there. The Lord. Now, this, oh, my goodness. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee. Now, can you see God up there saying, I command that island church bunch to be blessed. I command them to be blessed. Now, who's going to stop? Who, who's going to stop that? Some little old demon devil? Some little old financial setback? That's, no, ain't nobody going. When God starts commanding, universes get formed. When God starts commanding, the earth gets created. When God starts commanding, nothing can stop it. Mm-mm-mm. The Lord, everybody say the Lord, shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse. You need a storehouse, savings account. Store something away. And every day say, Thank you, Father, that I'm blessed in my storehouse. I, thought, I heard testimony of God the other day. The, the Lord, he was, he was confessing this scripture about God blessing his store. He didn't have a savings account or anything, he's just living by a paycheck. He said one day he was reading that, and he thought, you know, what's a storehouse, Lord? What is that? And the Lord spoke to him and says, where do you store things at? Pretty simple. 
So he went to the bank and opened a little savings account for $250. On the way out of the bank, he ran into a man who, who, who got him uh, vested in or invested in these particular bonds that he started putting. I think he said he started putting out 20-something dollars a month into. And they rolled over and became a little more and a little more and a little more. And after about 10 years, it hit, hit what's called the exponential curve. You ever heard that? That means his, his addition went to multiplication. Now, after I think he said 23 years, he says, I got over a million dollars in that account. And God has blessed me in my storehouse. Come on, church. I mean, if we'll obey God, why not? In your storehouse. In all that thou settest thy hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord God, God giveth thee. Well, nobody can be blessed on Galveston Island. That's not, what, that's not what my Bible says. God gave us this land to live here. I don't care if it's nothing but sand and stickleburrs. We're going to go grow a church in sand and sticklebars. Some of y'all get that tonight. Amen. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in, thy way, walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. The last move Lee and I made, which is our last move, it took us a year to move. Where did we get all that stuff? Amen? He said, I ain't got nothing. Serve God. He'll make you plenteous in goods. Everybody say plenteous in goods. In the fruit of thy body goes back to your children again. And in the fruit of thy cattle goes back to your pets again. And in the fruit of thy ground, whatever you sow, sow the word of God. In the land which the Lord God thy fathers has given unto thee. The Lord shall open unto he his good treasure. God's going to open his treasure. The heaven to give rain unto thy land in his season. And to bless all the work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations and shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou shalt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God. Now, I had, a, I had an acquaintance of mine. Uh, he was, you know, been in ministry for many years, and he got a letter from a guy wanting him to come on a safari. This guy likes to hunt. Wanted him to come to a, a, a hunting uh, event in Africa. And he was praying, you know, you know, I ain't got time for that. He had all these meetings to do. Guy, he's a traveling preacher, traveling evangelist. And he said, I, I, I had all this. And he said, the Lord just kept pressing. You need to go to Africa. Not for this crusade, not for the, you need to go on this safari. And so he checked into it, sure enough, you know, got in touch with the guy. The guy said, yeah, I want you to come. So he came, and the guy said, the guy said, I want you to come for two reasons. Number one, I want to give this to you as a seed sown for this, for this, for this land I have. And number two, I want you to be a witness of what is going on here. He said, what do you mean? He said, look around. So he looked around. I think the guy owned like 110,000 acres, somewhere in, somewhere in Africa, somewhere in south, south southern part of Africa, 110,000. He said, now look, and he said it was as far as he could see, this, uh, this big, huge valley and then all these mountains, and he said it was just as green and lush. He said, I don't know if you noticed or not. Did you notice when you flew in? He said, no, I really didn't notice. He said, uh, he said if you would have flown in, you would have seen that this nation is in a drought, is in a horrible drought. We've only had like three inches of rain in five years. He said, he said, except on my land. 
He said, literally, it rains every day on my land. He said, really? And he said, while he was there hunting, it rained every day on his land. He said, how, how is this happening? He says, because I begin to declare that I'm free from the curse and that it was going to rain on my land because God was going to open the windows of heaven. And he said, the reason God spoke to me to have you come and be a witness of this and to see this, and not only that, for me to sow this into your life, is so that all this can increase. And this preacher said several years later, he went back, and all of it had doubled and tripled. And land and farms and ranches all around it had gone under, and he had purchased them. And when he purchased them, then it would start raining on that land. And he'd purchase another 5,000 acres over there. It start raining on that land. You say, why? Christ hath redeemed us from the curse. But you've got to diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now let me close this real quick. Go to Hebrews 3 and we'll shut it down. Last scripture. My time is up. Hebrews chapter 3. Excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear... Least a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Now you've got to ask yourself, is the word that's being preached to me profiting me? Now, a lot of people say, well, it ain't profiting me. Last church I went to, didn't profit me. The church I went to before that, didn't profit This church, and I guess the next church I go, no, no. It's really not the word being preached to you. It's the word that you're not walking in, you're not receiving. Because I'm telling you, all you need is a little bit of word. You say, what do you mean? Jesus said, if you had faith of the grain of a mustard seed, you could say to the sycamine tree, be removed and cast in the sea, and it'll obey you. Just, just obey the word that you know. Now, now, let me just say this. Please don't do this. If you have knowledge of the word and willfully disobey it, that, listen, oh my Lord, you've put a target on yourself. That is the consummate door to your adversary is to know to do something and say, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. I ain't going to do that. I've seen more people destroyed. I've, I've come up, I've had people come up in prayer lines and, and, and different, all over the world, everywhere we've preached, and gone out reached to, lay, to lay hands on them, and the Lord said, you can't do nothing for them. I remember one time going back to the hotel room and saying, Lord, why couldn't I do anything for them? He said, I can't do nothing for them. What makes you think you can? I'm like, oh, my Lord. You say, why? Because people are disobedient. And then they get into crisis because disobedience will always produce crisis. Physical crisis, financial crisis, crisis in marriage, crisis in business. It will always produce it. But obedience always produces blessing. Now the scripture here is talking about the children of Israel and the promise that was given them. What did God say? I'm giving you a land that flows with milk and honey. Go get it. There's giants. I don't care. Amen. I don't care what kind of giants are there. I don't care who has, you know, does anybody know where giants live? Any place they want to. So they're not going to pick some junk place. They're going to go find the best land with the best. They might even look for a land that flows with milk and honey. Amen. And you may look over into some promise that God has for you and say, it's full of giants. I can't get that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. 
All you have to do is obey God. Now notice, notice. Let me, let me finish this before I get ahead of myself. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Everybody say, us and them. Say, I'm a us, not a them. The gospel was preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Why? Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. That means they heard it, and they said, oh, that's nice. Got up walked out the door and never changed anything. Never started doing the word. Never started doing it. Now, let me say this. I found this out. <laughs> Being a believer, walking in faith, is a radical departure from anything you ever knew in life or lifestyle. And it takes great effort and great labor to enter into the rest of God. But once you're there, you don't want to be anywhere else. It is worth the journey. Let me just say this. The destination is worthy of the journey. It takes effort. Say, I don't feel like coming to church. Who does? Come on, church. Let's just be honest. Who does? And then a lot of people, they, they get over on the legalistic side of it. I guess I have to go to church. Not me. I get to go to church. I get to give. I get to pray. You say, why? Because Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of the law, and I'm going to hearken unto the voice of God, and I'm going to observe to do all that is written therein. You say, why? Because then God makes my way prosperous and gives me good success. Amen. You have to come to that decision in your life. And it is one of the greatest crucifixions. You say, what is the greatest crucifixion? To crucify your will and figure out there's two ways. There's your way. There's God's way. See, we try to mix them. We try to mix them. They never mix. They never mix. It's either one way or the other. But if you will make a decision, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it according to God's word. I'm going to flow in his commandments. I'm going to observe them. I'm going to hear them. I'm going to do them. I've got good news for you. You're going to have breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And anybody that's ever lived that way will tell you the same thing. And people that say, well, I tried that. That, that. That's all they did. They just tried it. I remember when Lee and I got married. We stood in front of our pastor. He asked me if I was going to take her to be my lawful wedded wife. I didn't say what. Give it a try for a few days, see how it goes. She would have hit me and he would have hit me. I had to say, does, has anybody gotten married? What, do you ever know what you had to say? I do. You say, why did you have to say I do? Because it was a relationship level. And obedience to God is a relationship level. You have to say, I do. And you have to mean it from the bottom of your heart. And if you'll do that, then you will make your way prosperous. Just like God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Amen? Everybody say out loud, Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of the law. Jesus being made a curse for me. The blessings, the blessings of Abraham are mine. I'm blessed in the city, in the field, coming in. Going out in my basket, in my body, I'm plenteous in goods. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. I lend 
and do not borrow. Now rejoice and thank God for it. Come on, rejoice and thank God. Stand on your feet tonight. Thank you, Father, for your word. Now, Lord, let us leave here tonight not being forgetful listeners, but obedient hearers. Let us, we're not them, we're us, make the adjustments in our obedience to do the will of God, to do the work of God, to obtain the promise, to walk in the light thereof. Now, Lord, we rejoice in that which you've given us as a church over the years when it comes to protection and safety. We never take it for granted. We rejoice and thank you that no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place, and that angels have charge over us. Therefore, as we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, we travel protected. We travel blessed. You said in your scripture for us to ride prosperously, and we know that is riding protected and blessed. Father, we thank you in the righteous labor of our hands, wherever it may be, whatever we may do. If we have to travel to handle the resource, if we sit in an office handling the resource, Lord, if we, if we are in the medical field, if we're in the oil patch, any way that we handle the resource you've given us, thank you, Father, that we're not subject to accidents, terror, trauma, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself that we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Lord, as we leave tonight, we thank you also for the door of utterance we have outside the church. Let the fire of evangelism be stoked at Island Church in our own hearts. Let us be a witness. Let us be an answer to people's prayers, a problem to our adversary, a miracle in the lives of people. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the holiness. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.